Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. All right. So you know what? We're talking today, though, about your burning marketing question. So before we hopped on and pressed the go live button, because we certainly didn't remember to press the go record button, you were talking about, you know, in the hospitality industry, people realize that marketing, especially on social, is a really great path to get yourself out there in front of people. But it seems that a lot of people don't have a strategy in place. So give me a little bit of background about how you see people in the hospitality and events industry doing their marketing. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, some alternative approaches for people. Yeah. So I find that, that folks that are truly good at copywriting and marketing strategy understand that you have to differentiate yourself in a saturated marketplace. In the events and hospitality industry, I feel like more than ever, it's competitive and you have to find a way where people don't just want what you do. They want how you do it. So for example, Emily and I always used to try to say, yeah, you can totally hire any photographer you want, but we really want our client to want the Mamonis because there's only one set of us. There's only one company that does that. And so then you become in competition with yourself. You're one of one instead of one of a million. And it's really difficult to do that. And it's really difficult to do that as an entrepreneur because you're wearing every hat, you're doing a million things. And I don't know that it's always impressed upon people the value of what copywriting and a marketing strategy can do for you. So I see a lot of people posting pretty pictures. I see a lot of people writing very nice words, but I don't always know that we're doing the best job in our industry of finding a way to stand out. And so that's, that's my, my question from somebody that's as talented and experienced in your space is, what do we tell those folks? What do we tell people that have to do a better job of making sure that it's not just any planner they hire, they hire you. It's not just any photographer, it's you. It's not any florist, it's you. Because there's so many of them. Absolutely. There are you know, as I've said many times on the show, no matter what it is you do, I don't care what you're selling. I don't care if you feel you are the most, you know, different and you're the only person who uses this approach. The ultimate goal, the benefit you're providing, there are thousands of other people who do that as well. So being able to stand out with your marketing is incredibly important. And I've always taken the approach that your marketing should be an example and a taste of what it's like to work with you and is a part of creating a curated customer experience, right? Mm. So from the first moment somebody interacts with you, you want it to be easy, you want it to be simple, and you want it to make people feel like they're 
you know, a treasured part of your business, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I have found, especially for people in your industry, right? You mentioned like event planners and florists and photographers, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, the best way I think that you can start to stand out and like make yourself different is, you know, number one, if you are able to niche, niche, but that's a really broad, broad topic. And it's not something I'm going to dive into today. However, the next part is that first point of contact. So what is your first point of contact with people? If people land on your website, that is what I kind of consider a point zero. It's not your actual first point of contact because they haven't reached out to you or they haven't exchanged information with you yet. It's not enough yet for them to say, I want to talk further with this person. But oftentimes, like on an event planner or photography website, there will be some sort of form, right? If you're interested to learn more, Mm-hmm. And as a person who is a buyer of that product, you want it to be easy for them. You want it to be simple. Because remember, they're searching like 15, 20, maybe 30 different people who offer the same or similar thing. So what is the least amount of information you can use to get the most targeted messaging in place to start the conversation? Because remember, just because somebody fills out your form doesn't mean they're ready to buy from you yet, right? They're ready to get like a quote, right? They're ready Mm -hmm. to get some information. And sending over a quote with absolutely nothing around it, except, oh, the quote for what you want is, you know, $5,000, but no context, no conversation, no personality in that messaging that showcases why your $5,000 as opposed to the person who's $2,000, no matter what it is you're selling. Those are all missed opportunities, I feel. So when you're talking about a strategy in place, every single touch point somebody has with you, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on uh, your contact form, it needs to have a little bit of your personality and a little bit of what makes you unique in that interaction. And you look a little confused. So, <laughs> uh, Well, what I was going to ask is, what's the best way to do that? Is, it, is, there a, is there a certain tactic that can be employed? Is there a certain process that you would advise they go through to do that? Because I think that's the struggle is, I think sometimes people feel like, and I know I've been through this, I think I've sort of shaken it off a bit, but sometimes you feel like, what am I supposed to write? I mean, I've thought to myself, what am I supposed to write here? And, I, and I've now thought more about like, what do I actually want to write? Or what do I feel like writing? So what's the process to do that instead of the other? Absolutely. So first things first, let's just talk about inquiry forms, right? So inquiry forms, you know, there's definitely information you need in order to create that first quote, right? Now, if I'm uh, playing this out incorrectly, do let me know. But for the most part, uh, from what little I remember of helping a friend plan a wedding, right? You fill out the form. It's like 50,000 different blanks that you need to fill out. And you get this form letter that says, great, we'll be back in touch with you within 24 to 48 hours, right? Mm -hmm. And... um, then, you know, 24 to 48 hours, you get like a proposal, which is a lot of work for the vendor to create, but it doesn't really have much about like the process or anything else. It's more, it's more of a list of deliverables, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, four bouquets of lilies is XYZ, you know, three buntings is XYZ, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say your first opportunity to make it simple for your client is to make a simplified form. Mm-hmm. And have set packages, like tiers of packaging. You know, it starts at A, it starts at B, it starts at C. Mm-hmm. And the confirmation email saying, hey, we've received your information, needs to be a reflection of you. 
who you are, your personality. So are you a person who, um, it's such a, it's such a broad topic here, but, uh, you know, for example, if somebody were to book with you as a photographer, right. And you want people to want the Mamonis, right? You don't just want any photographer. You want the Mamoni experience. So list two or three things that you feel you do that give that Mamoni experience to people. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so a uh, question, well, it's sort of a follow-up. I have always found that a lot of times when we use certain systems or certain tools that we sort of use them out of the box. Mm. I'll give you an example. I recently started using a calendar scheduling program and I did like a super deep dive because I felt like it was important. And I now I think better understand the importance of my voice. And so everything from like the, when you first get the reminder email, it's like appointment reminder, appointment reminder. (laughs) It felt so so cold, right? I started changing all that stuff. And so when somebody, somebody changed an appointment because their confirmation says change is a part of life instead of appointment changed, right? I, I tried to just make it so that it was my voice. And it sounds like, and I love this, Kim, Kim, because I'm a relationship marketer. I believe in relationships. So what you're saying is you literally have to try to help that person understand not only what you do, but who you are and how you do it. Absolutely. You know, I just recorded an episode and it'll be out a few weeks before yours about how to personalize that confirmation email just so that it feels a little bit more like it's from you. But one of the places you can showcase your personality if you have a very different personality that's not just, oh, the first thing I'm going to ask is how many bouquets of flowers do they want, right? Mm -hmm. Is in the form questions itself, right? Can you make those form questions entertaining? Such as instead of saying, you know, expected size of the wedding, say how many guests are showing up just so that we can make sure that Uncle Sam has has a table by himself, right? You know, something fun that makes it entertaining to even fill out that form. Mm -hmm. And they're going to want to keep scrolling through to be like, oh, I wonder what the next question is going to ask me, right? Because it's a fun experience and it should be a reflection of what it's like to work with you. So absolutely, I love the fact that for your change option, you said, you know, life happens, go ahead and change it here. That's my approach, right? If somebody reaches out to me, even, you know, I have my scheduler set so that people can't reschedule within less than 24 hours. But if somebody reaches out to me, they're like, I couldn't reschedule. I had a, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a crisis right now. Can we reschedule? I'm like, you know what, if they reached out to me and they emailed me and said they're dealing with a crisis, I'm going to believe them and say, yes, you can reschedule, right? I would much rather that happen than somebody just not show up and then email me 20 minutes after our appointment being, sorry, something came up Mm -hmm. or not email me at all, right? And then like three weeks later, be like, oh, so we didn't get that call scheduled. Can we redo it? (laughs) Yeah, you got to love the no show. (laughs) Yeah, you got to love the no show. Um, you know, and I know life happens. Maybe you weren't able to get to your email and, you know, there's always room for, for wiggle. But, sure. you know, as a person who does a lot of calls, who gets a lot of, you know, initial chats scheduled, I would love to know if you can't make it because you yeah. have, you know, life happens, then yes, absolutely. I want to make it easy for you to do that. And so I love your phrasing, you know, life happens, click change yeah. here, or life is changed. Uh, change click is here part to of life. That's it. So let me ask you, what would you say to people that might be challenged with that unique element because they feel like it's a little less than professional or, or they're, they're just concerned. 
how is this person going to read this? Do you have an answer to those folks? So my, uh, my answer to that actually goes back to a story I've shared many, many times. When I first got started in business, I thought I had to be uber professional, right? Every single messaging I sent out needed to showcase that I was a business owner. Um, I was struggling with a lot of stuff in mindset, right? With being a young business owner and all that. But I felt that the only uh, tool I had to pull on was my high school English class about writing business memos, right? Like that's what I was coming from was you've got the, you know, half the first page is like the address and the salutation and blah, blah, blah. And then you <laughs> know, your super professional language. And uh, the first conference I ever went to, I had been communicating with somebody, there was going to be a job fair. So these are people who were actively looking for freelance copywriters. And mm-hmm. I've been communicating with somebody back and forth. And then I met them in person and I pitched my idea and they loved it. And I got hired right then and there. And they told me later, like at the reception, they're like, you know, I'm really glad I met you in person. Because based off of your communication, I thought you were a complete wrong fit. You were too businessy for our brand and for our mm-hmm. company. And I wasn't sure you'd be a great fit for us to work with. But after meeting you, I realized that wasn't who you were, so it was fine. And immediately I changed my communication style because I don't want there to be that disconnect, right? Sure. If you are a person who it's super, super professional and you go after executives who expect super, super professional, absolutely keep that in mind when creating any of your communications. But you want your communication style to be a reflection of you. So one of the things I find is really common with people is when they sit down to write marketing they turn on the marketing mindset, if you will. They, they turn mm-hmm. on their marketing brain. They're like, well, how do I say this in a marketing way? Which I hate that phrase. It's like, you, you say it the way you're going to say it. So yeah. one thing I recommend to people is if you've got a couple of questions that you're going to put on that inquiry form, or uh, you know, back in the day when everyone called you and then you did the confirmations on the phone, mm-hmm. get a friend to ask you those questions again. Get a friend to ask you, the questions. And if they're going to like, all right, so how would you ask about number of people? Well, you know, I need to know how many people there are going to be because certain venues are only big enough or small enough for certain party sizes. And who wants to look at a place when they realize they can't actually like it, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So have a friend go through and ask the questions or then say, well, how would you ask about this particular topic? And record the conversation. And then use your transcript of the conversation to get a starting point for creating that marketing material, because that's going to be capturing your voice, the way you talk about things, the way you say things, the way you refer to things. And so when they pick up the phone, it is going to be a little bit different. Instead of a a boring question like, um, you know, uh, expected size of your party Mm -hmm. or uh, how many individuals will be in the bridal shop, like whatever that is, you know, how many friends are joining us for this party? If that's your style, if that's not your style, if your style is like, well, that's my style. So, but you know, if your style is different than that, obviously you want to use what your own style is, but it's a great starting point to just have a conversation with a friend and record it. And then you can look back and see, how do I talk about these things? That is an unbelievable exercise to go through that I wouldn't have thought of, right? To just kind of record a casual colloquial conversation with a friend and see how it comes out. Can I tell a little anecdote? One of the ways in which I started to learn how important it was to have your own voice actually started with a personal experience. And this is super silly, but it really did resonate with me. When we started doing things because we got pregnant, we started doing more personal things like parties and we had the baby shower and all this kind of different stuff. And we used Evite like so many people use. 
And I thought it was so fun that, that, that you could customize almost everything about that invitation to include the, yes, I'm coming, regrets, or maybe. And it was so silly, but I would sit there for a while and be like, what would I say? Like, if the theme was, you know, dinosaur, it would be like, I'm extinct, or, you know, uh, Jurassic Park, or whatever it was. And it was just so fun because people would comment on it. People were like, oh my God, these were so cute RSVP options. And it started to gel with me. I just need to be who I am. I just, I need to show the world that I'm funny, right? And that I like dad jokes and that, that that's just who I am. Because you're right, if you show up as you, but the person you presented was robotic and hello, how are you? They, there might be a real disconnect there, which then you're not curating your ideal client list. Absolutely. And one of the things to keep in mind as well is that people buy from those they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. There are people who, if you treat them like gold, they're going to pay 30 to 50% more for your service just because they know you're going to treat them well. They trust that you are going to take care of them. But if every interaction you have is super stilted, super, you know, businessy, if you will, or feels like you're another form, you know, are you just another lead on their sheet? Uh, that's kind of why I try and avoid the phrase lead. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, who's in your audience? How did you build your audience today? Because an audience kind of implies that there's a bunch of different people and it's people I'm actually going to talk to, I'm going to perform for. Whereas leads, they're like numbers, right? Oh, you need X number of leads to do this. Well, yes, at the end of the day, marketing is a numbers game. It's about how many people you have doing whatever it is that you're doing. But if you approach marketing and if you approach client acquisition as just another number, that's going to come across in your marketing as well. So if you want to stand out, treat each and every individual as gold. And you Mm -hmm. can do that in automated ways that make it feel more fun, make it feel more interesting, help you stand out from somebody else, right? And if somebody doesn't like that because they don't feel it's professional enough, then ask yourself, well, is that necessarily a client I wanted? Mm-hmm. I love that you brought the automation into it because as much as we'd like to have ev- absolutely every step of our process be manual and, and be hands-on, there's just certain, especially initial parts of it, that that's not possible. And yet we can still find a way to to make it custom, make it unique, make it different. Let me ask you, I find that sometimes people, and this came from what you said, right? You don't like to say client per se or lead. You say audience or opportunity and things. First of all, words are super important. So, and I think that that comes from your copywriting background. I don't think we're always talking to our client or our customer when we're marketing and when we're posting stuff on social media. Would you agree with that? So I think oftentimes, especially in terms of social, people have this idea that this is what I need to be doing, so I'm going to do it. Mm. But they don't have a plan in place behind it. Mm-hmm. So I always looked at marketing, especially in the travel industry, as who are you talking to right now? Because you can create a curated experience without any sort of tool. Mm-hmm. And here's an example of that, right? So let's say you've got, I mean, you know, a lot of these are going to seem a little strange because of everything going on right now. But let's say uh, you have an image of uh, a group of women in their mid-20s clinking champagne glasses in your bar, right? And you've got Mm -hmm. something distinctive in the background that showcases it's the bar in your hotel. And the caption you can use on Instagram 
is so excited we're, you know, toasting to our new bachelorette party package, for example. Get details in the bio, right? Mm -hmm. So that is going to appeal to people who are looking for bachelorette because you're going to use hashtag bachelorette. You're going to use hashtag hotel packages. You're going to use hashtag champagne. You know, you're going to use all those right hashtags, right? Mm -hmm. The caption you've written is also to your ideal person. And the people who are going to come across that are the people you want to talk to. Whereas so many people have it in their head. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to use that image because 60% of our business is families. Well, do you do bachelorette business? Oh, yeah, about 20%. Is it profitable for you? Oh, yeah, it's really profitable for us. Mm -hmm. Great. So why not have a campaign for it that will actually showcase your offerings, your opportunities for that particular segment? But remember, when you're writing this, you're not writing to the families because the families aren't going to come across the image. Or, you know, if they, if they check your Instagram feed, they might. But let's be honest, very few people are going to be checking the hotel feed they're going to be looking for individual images or they're going to be doing a general search and seeing what comes up. So mm -hmm. remember that every time somebody interacts with you, whatever that first touch point is, that's going to give you an idea as to who it is that you're talking to. And then you can lead them to the next steps based off of that. So if somebody is looking for inspiration, like uh, seven inspiring um, floral arrangements for your wedding, if they're looking for inspiration, are they in the planning stage? Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. not. So instead of directing them to your inquiry form, why not direct them to a download? You know, if you, if you have an image of, you know, tip number three, how to make your floral arrangements pop at your wedding, want more tips? Grab the guide. Uh, and then that leads them to a landing page so that they can get on your list. You have an opportunity then to connect with them on a deeper level and ask them more questions about what they're looking for in particular before saying, hey, do you want to fill out this form? Especially if that form is going to be like 20 different slots. So it's interesting because I feel like you can niche down into different profit centers or different sort of client avatars without feeling like you have to be, you know, crazy specific to any one of them. And our experience with that was when we did do more of the social market as far as weddings, we still do milestone events and things, but we don't do a ton of weddings, um, only sort of from some of our trusted referral partners. But when we did, somebody recommended that, oh, I think you really should separate your weddings from your corporate stuff because if a bride comes to your website, she doesn't necessarily want to see that. And I said, well, I can see the value in that. But the, at the same time, if a bride is in her early 30s and she has a company and that company needs an event photographer, she'll see that we offer that. And the same is true of a C-suite level person who comes to our website for their large corporate event his daughter's getting married and maybe he sees that there's a, a photo of a beautiful bride and, and he could think about us for that. So I love that you're feeling like you can talk to multiple client avatars and audience members at the same time without feeling like you're abandoning the other. What great advice. Well, I, I just feel that so many people are going to interact, especially since the reach on social is abysmally small, like yeah. one to 5% of people who actually follow you. Like forget about getting to new people, right? The one to 5% of people who have already said, yes, I want to follow this particular page. That's the percentage of the people who do follow you who will see that particular piece of content. Now, it's not yeah. always going to be the same one to 5%, but the idea that, you know, everything has to be to everybody, it's like the worst method in the world, right? If you mm -hmm. talk to everybody, you please nobody. Um, you know, if yeah. you try and please everyone, you please no one. So definitely, if you want to stand out, like create that niche content. My, my whole approach with the audience conversion method is to create 
very specific content for very speci- a very specific audience member on a schedule. So, you know, one month or one week, you're talking to this type of person. The next week, you're talking to this type of person because your content is evergreen in that it doesn't go away. So while this time they may not see it, you know, I've gotten, I always love it when Facebook, you know, sends me, uh, put something into my feed that's like from a deadline four days ago, but that's when it decided to like put the algorithm into my feed. So, you know, if that kind of stuff, it does disseminate mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. So it's just something to keep in mind. So ha- have I answered your questions a, a little bit, at least given a taste yeah. about how copywriting and marketing strategy can really help people stand out in the event industry? A hundred percent. I think that, I think that sometimes we just get so beat down by the different things that we're supposed to do that we don't always think about the reasons why and how to sort of improve that. Uh, so thank you. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And you know, Don, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, for being a guest here today. So if people want to learn more about Don Mamoni or your photography or your uh, new coaching offerings, where can they go to find that out? So the easiest way to find me is peoplefirstandprofit.com. Everything's there. Peoplefirstthenprofit.com. Fantastic. So uh, I want to, again, say thank you so much to Don. And remember, uh, a lot of the topics that we have talked about today, especially around how to personalize your emails, can be found. And uh, you can learn a little bit more about it for yourself on the audienceconverter.com slash giveaway. That's where you can grab your free guide on how to create personalized emails that will get more opens, more clicks, and more conversions. Uh, so do be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out Don and learn more about him at profit at peoplefirstthenprofit.com, peoplefirstthenprofit.com. And if you want to be featured on a future episode of the Burning Marketing Question Style, drop me a DM or put your best email below or send me a message at contact at theaudienceconverter.com and put burning marketing question in the subject line so I know that you have a burning marketing question that you want answered. Remember, everyone, thanks for listening and keep calm and ask me some questions. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.